0: be successful. It isn't just one individual, it is a team. Just like in training, life is about coaching. What are the right people that are going to help you, guide you on your way, get to that next level.
1: Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition. One of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Two things before we get started. The views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those of Dr. Carter or this podcast. One of our podcast partners has just announced special pricing for our listeners, Wharton's Jelly allograph for $475 per cc. You heard that right, only $475. White papers are available. This is for a limited time, so act now. Why pay double or triple the price from other providers? To learn more or to order, text your name and the word jelly, J-E-L-L-Y, to 561-962-1231. Write that down. It's 561-962-1231. On with the show. Hi, this is Dr. Ross Carter with the Regenerative Warrior podcast. We have a very special uh, guest today. If you would introduce yourself, please.
2: Hey guys, this is Anne-Marie Sacarato. I am a former three-time WBC lightweight world champion and Hall of Fame inductee, as well as performance coach and speaker. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it, Doc.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to talk with you. So let's see. Today's talk would be basically champion mindset, I would say. And so tell me a little bit about your story.
2: Well, I have quite the story. I was kind of born this way. I guess I was born with uh, a champion mindset. I was given this gift, this warrior spirit inside of me. I knew from a very young age that I was meant for more. I knew that I had a mission to put out to this world what was inside of me and uh, was very driven to do so. It actually set up my entire life. I knew this at an age of maybe even four or five years old. I remember sitting on my stairs in my basement and just thinking and just pondering life. I always thought of things a little bit differently. I mean, I was looking in the mirror at myself and thinking, who are you looking in my eyes and having conversations that I direct and coach individuals now to do for themselves at an adult stage in life I was doing this at you know four five six years old and I grew up in a a household my father was uh, extremely abusive to my mom and cops at the house every night and uh, you know I just wanted to have a better life for my mom and my brother Um, they got divorced we were in poverty after the divorce proceedings no child support no alimony you know my father had money hidden from the courts stashed away in places so he can say that he basically had no money was bankrupt and i just had this vision and uh i wanted to get my mission out i knew that i had more inside of me to get out and i also wanted to be able to support my family so i thought you know what i want to be a professional athlete i, I was always involved in sports and uh, i thought you know what that's the perfect springboard to launch me so my name would get out there my story would get out there people would recognize me I thought I'd be making a better financial income from being a pro athlete, but as a female, it doesn't really work out that way, which is all good because my mission is more important of uh, what I speak on and preach on in my story to inspire others and empower others. So that is all good. And uh, that's really what I did. I focused my entire Life just on athletics, on sport, overcoming all kinds of obstacles. From you know, growing up in a household where I had no heat, heat shut off, because we couldn't pay bills. That our source of heat was wearing layers of clothing in the wintertime, But you know, I couldn't afford a basketball hoop. I grew up playing basketball, volleyball, softball, and my dream was to be a professional basketball player. And I would use a tree that we had in the front of our yard that kind of split off right about the same height of a basketball hoop, and that was my basketball hoop. Get the ball between the hoop, and I'd be out there in the snow and the rain until a boyfriend of my mother's had at the time had bought us a basketball hoop and, you know, just hours upon hours, day upon day. Didn't matter the condition, didn't matter how tired, I was just outside practicing. And that really set me up in terms of mindset, not just for sport, but for life and becoming successful and dealing and overcoming many obstacles that I had to face just in life in general.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
2: Thank you, thank you. I mean, it's what's empowered me. You know, listen, that that's a mindset. You have to realize what it is that you want, how bad you want something, what you're willing to give to get it, what the value is to you, what the value is to others. And that's gonna direct you in your life once you understand that and hold on to it and mm-hmm not just believe in it, but know it and really own it. You know, so throughout high school, I uh, would go to high school. I'd have a practice after high school. Then I'd go to another practice after that. And was just on a mission to become a Division One athlete. And, uh, you know, throughout high school, I was told, you're never going to do that. You're never going to do that. You don't have the notoriety. You come from a very small school. Never. Well, I didn't believe in instead I knew that I could. And I did. I ended up getting uh, noticed by several biggie schools and a couple of schools down south as well, Division One, and uh, signed on with Seton Hall University to play volleyball and basketball for them. However, my senior year in high school, I, uh, I had a feeling my whole senior year that something life-threatening was going to happen to me. And I'm very big on intuition. That is a a mental muscle that I believe everybody should really listen to and be open to because there are signs that you're given in life. I knew this was going to happen to be my senior year. And as my senior year grew on, this feeling became stronger and stronger inside of me. And I was actually in a competition that New York State holds called the Empire State Games the summer after my senior year. And basically, they divide New York State up like the Olympics. And I was going up there competing in volleyball. And uh, on the way home, I ended up going in a teammate's car which originally it wasn't supposed to be in, but I truthfully believe that I was supposed to be in because I knew the situation was going to occur. The car, I fell asleep in the backseat of the car and the car hydroplanes. We flew across the highway, wrapped a pole, and they found me halfway out the back window unconscious. They had stat flight on the scene. The weather was too severe to fly me. They put me on advanced life support and then
0: drove me down on advanced life support to this Trauma One Center, which was actually closer to where I live at the time. Did somewhere around 16, 18 hours of surgery. The doctors, medically speaking, said that I shouldn't have made it through the surgery. They didn't think I was going to make it through the night. Upon waking up, the first words that I said to the doctors were, what about sports? I don't recall too much after that. I was obviously highly medicated, but mm-hmm. the doctor's response, I'll never forget, and then my response, I'll never forget back. They said they didn't know if I was going to walk or walk normal again, and they told me that I was probably never going to play sports. Once again and i told them in response they had no idea what was inside of me and uh like i said i knew this was going to happen i can't you know <laughs> higher power of god definitely was speaking through me at the time because there's no way i should even have that know-how at the time of waking up from that surgery to have that conversation um like i said i don't remember much after that but i knew it was meant right. to happen to me i knew it happened to me for a reason i knew it's because i was strong enough to overcome it, and this was part of my journey and my mission and it was game on for me i had no doubt that i would be back and just tell myself focused on getting back to seaton hall university and my dream of becoming a professional athlete and speaker from the injuries I sustained, I broke my left fibula and tibia. I have a metal rod uh, in my left tib. Um I had nerve damage to my left leg. I had no feeling at all from my hip to my foot. So that was part of the reason, you know, if they were going to be able to get the nerve to regenerate fully, which they did. I'm still missing partial feeling in my foot though. I broke my right femur. has metal rod in my right femur. I- I broke my right pelvic bone. I broke all the ribs on my right side. I punctured my right lung. I shattered my right ulna in five places. had a metal plate in there today. Wow. I torqued my shin several directions so badly they didn't want me to have a mirror at the time. So, yeah, I, I always go all out apparently. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, go, go big or go home apparently. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was in the hospital from August 5th of 95 until a week before excuse me, a week before Halloween. From a week uh-huh. before Halloween to a week before Thanksgiving, I was in Burke Rehabilitation Center, which is where Christopher Reeves did his rehab, so I was definitely highly blessed for those situations. And then right out the gates, literally the next day after getting out of the hospital, I was back in the gym and focused on, on what I, I needed to do and wanted to do and uh you know, just focus on coming back stronger, and that's what I did. The following year, we went to go compete for Seton Hall, and uh, that, that kind of led me on the second part of my journey. Part of my conditioning when I was training was, before I'd gone back to school, was I got involved in uh, studying Jeet Kune Do from uh, another trainer that I was uh, working alongside, and uh, along the way, somebody had introduced me and said, you know what? Golden Gloves is coming up. Why don't you compete in the gloves? Now, martial arts very, very different than boxing, but... I was just hungry, as as I always am, and, you know, ambitious, and it's like, you know what, okay, game on, I'm going to do it. Went in and uh, ended up fighting a girl that was a national champion in my very first fight where I just had about three weeks, maybe even two weeks of uh, quote-unquote boxing training under my belt. Had my nose broken in my first fight against this 23 old national champion. And uh, by way of a higher power... Um, some representatives of USA boxing were at the fights that night and they gave me an extra ticket that really I had no business having by boxing standards to go compete in the U.S. nationals in Midland, Texas the next day with a broken nose and two black eyes. Apparently somebody else was guiding my path, and that's what I've always trusted. And so I was on a flight to Midland, Texas with no boxing, no reason for this to be occurring, but that a greater power was, was guiding me. And, uh, Went through the U.S. Nationals, winning my way into the finals by just being a, a total Tasmanian devil in the ring. All I could say, just fighting, purely fighting. I mean, that's what you know. Just a sidebar for a second. That's what I always say. You know, I was born a fighter. Um, it's in my blood. It's in my heart. It's my passion it's inside me. You know, anybody can be a boxer. Anybody can learn a skill, but not everybody's a fighter. And that's what's guided me through life and guided me in the ring on my way to becoming ultimately world champion. So I ended up, like I said, in the finals, fighting this national champion again lost and then a week later was fighting her in the golden world finals in madison square garden of course lost but that ball just you know made me that much hungrier and uh went back to the training board and really focused myself on boxing and realized that was my path something was you know showing that that's my calling or my uh my journey and that's what i did i focused for the next couple of years was told went through a lot of headache and heartache on my way with you know coaches and managers though you know i was working you know i was working 24 7 just to, to pay bills and didn't have a boxing gym near me. had to travel into Gleason, so I couldn't always be down there all the time. I basically spent my boxing career, which a lot of people don't know, 90% of my boxing career as an amateur and as a professional was me in the gym by myself.
1: Sorry for the interruption again. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show. Have Dr. Carter present at your event, podcast, podcast, Learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal health, or how to create a million-dollar business card and dominate your area. We're here to help you. Just text your name and any question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or go to our website at drrosscarter.com to learn more. Don't forget about our current $475 Warden's Jelly Special. On with the show. Training myself, shadow boxing, getting a bag,
0: because I wasn't really able to get down to Brooklyn all the time. So right. when I turned pro, I was only go down to Gleason's like when I had a contract in hand, because um, it wasn't feasible for me. So, you know, again, that was just me putting, you know, my heart and my desire into play and saying, I'm going to do this by any means possible, being that fighter. So to backtrack, I was an amateur. I ended up winning the U.S., uh, excuse me, the New York Golden Gloves, and then I won the National Gloves. I turned pro. Shortly after turning pro, I was off for my first title fight, and uh, there was a, a contender that had fallen out. I believe it was due to injury or illness, and uh, I was next in line. And it's funny because I was actually away. For, I'd never go away. One time I went away for a week, week and a half. I um, hadn't been in the gym training, and I get this call, listen, you're up for a title shot. This person fell out. So had to make a really quick call on this. I only had six weeks till the fight, and went in on it. And again, was told, listen, you got no chance winning this fight. This girl knocked out the past eleven of her opponents out cold. And I said, no, 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 she hasn't faced me yet. So I went in there with that mindset. When I was on my road to training for that fight. And probably before that as well, I've always like I said, I wanted to get my message out. I said, you know what, this is really a grind. Like people really need to see, you know, what it is and what it takes to really achieve your dreams because what I was doing and how I was getting it done was insane and beyond exhausting with what it took for me to do what I was doing at the time. I said, You know what? I wanna have documentary to just follow me through this and just Hopefully inspire others on this path. And I remember believing that, just wanting wanting it, putting it out to the universe. I signed the contract. Within 24 hours of me signing the contract, PBS had contacted me. that They wanted to do a documentary on me, which is insane. But that's how the universe works. I put it out there. I believed in it. willed will get into play and had the documentary on PBS follow me and run. Within a couple of months, they followed me all the way out to Canada to winning my first world title. I beat this girl, won the world title, and then was offered another documentary that was done on Logo and MTV2 then started being asked to do speaking engagements. So, you know, everything that I had hoped for and willed for all of a sudden was manifesting itself into, into my own reality, which was an absolute blessing. So soon after that, I won another world title, had a fight offered to me on Fox. First time, there would be a all-women's card, and me and uh, another female by the name of Holly Holm, who's made it pretty big now since she's been... Uh, she changed over to MMA and fought Ronda Rousey, but... We had a massive, massive toe-to-toe fight for 10 rounds. She got the decision, um, but uh, it was definitely shot for 10 rounds straight against uh, one of the biggest names in the sport right now and making her way in the MMA with uh, UFC. Um, We had the biggest ratings on Fox Sports that season and then won a third world title, or uh, excuse me, second world title out in Canada, and then, uh, no, excuse me, in California, and then a third world title out in Tokyo. And that's been my story. I wasn't necessarily done with boxing i'm very result driven very focused on just continuing to see how i can push myself but there was along the way a lot of uh negative that you deal with from a lot of different realms in this world of boxing it really is and you know i'm very very positive i do things you know to give and to contribute and to send out positive messages and you know there are days where that would eat at me days where the exhaustion of not sleeping just grinding with clients from 5 a.m in the morning and boxing and strength conditioning work in the afternoon and speed work, and then going back and training clients all night long until 9 o'clock at night. And that would be my day. I would, I would work seven days a week, so I'd be, you know, exhausted with a lot of the negativity and a lot of the, the nonsense that goes on in the sport. It would get to me. But certain days when I would feel like, what are you doing, and just question things for a bit, I would get an email from a fan. I would get a letter that would come up at Gleason's Gym that they would give me, and not just from the U.S from outside other countries. I was getting all the fan mail all of a sudden. So, you know, went to show me that it's correct when I was a kid. My mission is much greater. It's to inspire others. It's to empower others. I wasn't just doing this journey for myself. This journey was much greater. It was much larger than that, and it was for others. So every time I started to feel that inside of me, I would just, you know, go back to that. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. This is your journey for them. And that's what pushed me to keep climbing, keep pursuing the sport until... I actually had a really freak accident. You know, since I was a kid, I always wanted a Harley and I had the opportunity to finally be able to have one. And a total freak accident. And I was at the dealership and sitting on the bike and the bike was uh, parked on an incline on a hill. And I started listening to the sales guy talking about the bike and must have moved my foot, just not sinking. And the bike started to tip a little bit because of the incline. It started to tip drastically. And I was like, eh, I got this. Put my arm down, a 1,200-pound bike. And... It doesn't work out so well on, you know, your arm, but I had my bike jacket on and went down felt that something wasn't right, and I uh, got up. like, this isn't good, but I'm going to be okay, and took my jacket off when I got back to my gym. My arm blew up ended up breaking my right elbow and tore my right tricep. Shortly after that, I get a call, listen, they want you to have the rematch with Holly Holm. This is the fight that I've been waiting for. Like, I'm going to do this. I went in and did it, and, you know, my arm was not good. I basically fought Holly several weeks later. Maybe it was about eight to ten weeks after that happened with one arm and obviously that didn't work out very well for me but I wasn't going uh-huh. to take myself out and this is where I talk about with boxing you know people don't always have your back in the sports a lot of and I don't want to say this, there's been a, a lot of really good people and I'm not a negative person but this is truth of what I've seen people that were supposed to be in my corner they weren't really looking after my best interest and me I wasn't going to back out I just I wasn't it meant too much to me and that's just not me so they put me into that situation It is what it is ultimately it's still my decision so I own it but uh you know I said it didn't work out well for me but when I look back on it I I would have never left that sport, I don't believe, if it wasn't for this situation. It's always pushing me out of the sport and showing me that my time there on my mission was done. It's time to now evolve to greater things. It started with speaking engagements. I, I got my name out there, and it was time for me to go on and start building my mission elsewhere. And so that's where it's brought me to now in developing myself, my name, my brand as a coach and speaking and doing one-on-one Sessions with individuals on the phone, as so a mindset and, and, you know, uh, mental, emotional, uh, spiritual fitness, as well as being a performance coach and combining the two of those entities because they are so hands in hand. so many parallels between training the physical, whether I'm working with an elite level athlete, general population, or senior citizen or child that you go through in training that will cross over your physical life in terms of your mindset your willingness to be uncomfortable you're willing to push beyond your limitations and exceed your expectations so you know that's where i've been you know boxing was a step that allowed things to open up for me it gave me you know an opportunity i have a song written about me on itunes uh entitled "Anne marie i have a a book that i'm in with names such as sylvester Stone, quentin Tarantino, howard stern like it allowed me those opportunities it allowed me documentaries to be done Allowed my name to get out there and now it's time for me to take advantage of that and keep expanding to enlighten and empower as many people as I possibly can on this planet. And that's my mission. That's where I am. Thank you for having me on the show. So you're just making part of my mission come to reality for me. So I'm truly grateful, honored, and blessed for
3: that. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you think you got to be so driven? What was it that made you push yourself so much, especially so young? Greater power, you know. You weren't in a family that was really conducive to this type of mentality, I'm assuming, based on your story.
0: You know, my father, he, like I said, he was extremely abusive to my mom. And, you know, just, just not the best guy. He was genetically, I mean, he was an athlete in his high school days. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the genetic genius when it comes to things like that. But he was, a you know, an elite level athlete, uh, swimmer. My mom definitely has bikes in her in her blood. She never really pursued it, but she loved it. She was my biggest fan. My biggest fan, I've always been, you know, the individual going against the grain since I was a kid. And she always backed me, not Amory. And she would tell me and my brother, you know, be a leader, be an individual. You do have it inside you, you know, always proud of me, always my biggest fan. So, you know, she definitely pushed me along the way with that. But, you know, it was something that was just Given to me from like, like from a higher power. I was born with this inside of me. I've always had this inside of me, and I've just been. It's you know we're we're given certain gifts and blessings, and if you're open enough to accept them and follow through on them, they're going to take you to your ultimate destiny. But you need to really listen to them, come and tune them, and I just nothing. I don't know. I don't really have I guess a good enough answer to that. Other than that, I knew that everything was happening for me, not to me. I knew that everything was given to me for a reason because i was strong enough to overcome it, and these reasons were going to propel me to greatness in life, to affecting others, to impacting others in a positive way. And that I needed to be that one, I was going to be that later. I have something inside of me
3: that is more than the quote-unquote normal. So when you're working with someone, how do you get them to have or to incorporate that mindset that you have? How can you help them to achieve that mindset, to push forward, to be the champion? How do you help someone to accomplish that?
0: You know, it's a process.
3: And everybody is obviously different, Right. And
0: everybody accepts things and, and is willing to look at things a little differently, you know, perceive things a little differently. So, you know, that does have some bearings to it. But the first question, questions that I'll usually ask is, why? You know, that's the key word. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you feeling what you're feeling? And what is it that you want? What's your purpose in life? What's your purpose for yourself, your career, when you're doing what you're doing? Why are you doing that? What's your purpose there? And get them to really look and reflect on certain things within themselves and You know, then it starts to go from there. But the ultimate question in your life, you have to know what your mission is. You have to know what your purpose is. And that's going to lead you, direct you on your way as long as you're then looking at your will and what are you willing to, again, what are you willing to do in order to achieve the outcome that you are desiring? What are you willing to give for that? You know, what value does it hold for you? Possibly what value does it hold for others?
1: Sorry for the interruption again. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card and dominate your area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and any question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561 962 1231, or go to our website at com to learn more. Don't forget about our current $475 Wardens Jelly Special. On with the show.
0: You know, and you get people to start to look at that, it starts to open up doors, you know, and get them to turn off what their, their limiting beliefs are that have been holding them back from really creating the life that they want to achieve and fulfill. You know, we're looking at why they're not fulfilled in their life right now. Why are they doing, making the choices that they're making just because they believe what God may have imposed upon them? Because that definitely is a reality. I've had to deal with that, too. You know, and I've had to look at myself and say, whoa, this is not what you're doing. You're starting to fall into realms of, you know, you start letting, yeah, listen. for example, for me, I, and I had to go through a situation. I had a, one of my last fights. I switched coaches. I had a, like I said to you, listen, I'm a boxer. I can move around very, very fluidly. But when it comes to the fight, something else kicks inside of me. And I become not the boxer. I do become the fighter. It's that it's fighter, or fighter, or whatever have you, maybe my desire kicks in and a lot of technique. that I study and train and really hold my own end, it kind of goes out the window when it comes to fight time. And I just go after it. And But that's what got me, and that's what separates me from everybody else. And that's where people just even, again, cross over in life. People don't look at that as a positive for themselves. They take away when they don't realize that. That's what really raises your bar in life. That's what makes you stand out to others in a positive light. That's what I've always held myself accountable for. Listen, I am different. I am that fighter. But as time goes on, you have these voices that – people say no but you need to work something that's going to really get you to box in the ring and be more of a technician in the ring and you know you're climbing the ranks and I never let any of that affect me until I did and I didn't realize it because after 2002 to 2014-15 you know that that's a good amount of time, and you have these other voices that impact. That again, you don't realize that you're letting in, but your subconscious lets it in. And I switched to a coach that I had a gentleman that I knew was a scientist of the sport. He's not really a coach; he hasn't really worked with people, but I knew him very well to be a scientist of boxing. Studied it. I'd watch him. He was efficient. He had always mentioned he would love to work with me. So you know what, the fights coming up. You know what, maybe I need to make a change. So I went with him. He didn't want any money. He didn't want. He just wanted the opportunity to work with me. Like this is gonna work out great. And he would spend hours with me. He gave me more time than anybody. But he in that time, and I remember with him, and listen, I love pushing myself, I love boxing because it pushed me mentally, physically, emotionally, it challenged me it's the, as many sports as I play and excel in and love boxing shows you your truth, not just in the ring, in life, and so you know, I was always driven, but with him I started noticing my love and wanting to train start to drop and diminish, I was like, what's going on? I question myself, why are you feeling so? Push it off, but it was really something again, higher power insight, coming. this is not the right situation, and You know, I kind of ignored it. I ignored it. I was like, no, I need to be a technician. I got into the ring that night. I didn't feel right getting into the ring. I felt off. Never felt a feeling like this. And I felt like almost in slow motion. I just couldn't get that fire inside of me going. Always had that fire. I'm the fire starter when I walk in the ring. I'm bringing the hype. I bring the noise. I bring the excitement. It wasn't there. And I realized the first couple of rounds, I'm like... This is not me. And it took me till I had a headbutt in the sixth round. They almost stopped the fight I ended up losing the fight because this headbutt opened up. But I almost had the girl knocked out. I had her on the ropes, and she was hanging off the rope and the bell rang. So she got taped by the bell. But then the next round, my cut started opening up pretty badly, and they called the fight. And I ended up losing my belt in that fight. All because I allowed these outside voices without realizing what, quote, unquote, limiting beliefs of the world come in against me. And I chose to go off of my path. Well, my path was always to be that different, to be that fire start, to be, again, that fighter. And that's what people were gravitating towards. That was the energy that people could gravitate towards towards me. I was, you know, the underdog. I was coming out strong. I was fire. I lost it in that fight because I allowed myself to listen to it. In real world, the outside world, say, uh, not real world, we'll say outside of boxing world, a society. And that's what people start to allow. When people start to take away from their dreams what they want to achieve, I needed to go through that because I needed something to show proof that I can speak on this because I have been there myself. And I believe that that happened for that exact reason to become part of my story to be able to coach others. Listen, I have them. I did fall into a trap, and I could speak to you on it because I've been there. So I allowed people to now have a little more trust and faith in me. So, you know, yeah, it's getting people out of them in and believing in themselves, you know, believing that, you know, I made a business decision. I was in Florida and following a dream, and I was working with one of the top educators in the the field of performance training, and uh, it's always a dream to work with him. And while I was down there, I had another gentleman that offered me another position to be a speaker, also be a performance coach. He's starting a huge corporation. He wanted my name alongside his and a couple of people he was pulling in. Well, push comes to shove at the end of the day. It was too good to be true. It sounded like that in person or on paper in the beginning. It ended up being that. I ended ended up being a massive scam with this guy and ended up losing everything I had worked for financially, wiped me out completely. Savings, checking, destroyed my credit because I was living off credit cards. Any money that was coming in, everybody wanted to work with me. And I was pulling the money in, but I was also investing the money into this because of what it looked like it was going to be. And I ended up losing everything. So I had to move back to New York and had nothing. I, was, I had to sell my Harley. At the point before I moved back to New York, I was literally paying for gas with my Harley with cash, with, with cash, with pennies. With dimes, whatever I could scrape up to get gas in my bike. So, again, it, that I never looked at it as, well, was me. You know what happened to me because this is part of my journey. Again, I'm strong enough to overcome this. This is for me to impact somebody else's life and give them empowerment. I'm going to come back from this even stronger. So I came back to New York. I reset myself up. And it's like, you know what, I have nothing superficial, but I have me. And, yeah, I lost a little bit of me during that time. I absolutely did. But that also helped me. I had to look myself in the eye and look myself in the mirror. Times where I would just sit in my car and cry. But I needed to take myself there so that I could take myself to the darkest depths of, of darkness. So I can then come back and give the brightest of light to others. So it's pulling, allowing that story to be shine onto other people's life. And then when I tell them things like that, they start looking at things as well within their own life. And what's holding them back? You know, What is really possible for them? And then I allow the doors to start to open with them give me a little more insight about their life and then start taking a little deeper into, you know, what they're truly capable of, you know, and, and what these false opinions that they've allowed to be created, their, their old story allows them to start to create their new story of what they want and slowly take steps every day to start going towards it, going after it. Once their energy and their perception starts to change, it's amazing to watch the growth that they go through. Well, again, the same thing happens physically in physical training because they tell somebody, somebody things that, you know, they can't do something. I've had, I've had a, a woman that I'm working with actually right now. She is actually 73, and doctors told her, you know, she couldn't sit properly. She couldn't do a, a lunge. She couldn't bend her knee to tie her sneakers. She couldn't, you know, walk up the stairs without holding a railing because of issues that she had going on in her lower body. She squats now with a medicine ball. She's doing lunges with dumbbells. She runs up and down her stairs. She's fine. But she needed to be shown that, yes, you can, because she has somebody else holding her back. And once that mindset is taken away from what you truly believe, what your imagination truly believes, as a kid, you have this imagination, right? Nothing ever holds you back. As you become an adult, you start getting these statements that are said to you or these perceptions that are imposed upon you. You start limiting your own self. So once you realize, no, there is something more outside of that, over that fence, they start reaching for that fence. They start getting to the top of that fence. Now they're reaching for the top of the tree. Then they're reaching to the top of the house. They're not held back anymore. They're not restrained. But it's once they break down their mindset to seeing that, and sometimes they just need a little push in the right direction or to see this here that here, somebody else has done this, I can do this mm-hmm. too. I want more for my life.
3: So that's what you do now. You that's help people that get in their own way of their greatness and let them see what they can accomplish in their life and help them Absolutely. to get there.
0: Absolutely. That's what it's all about, 100%.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think we are our worst critic and we get in our way. And if we don't have, sometimes it's difficult when other people are not on your best for looking out for you and and then make bad decisions and things happen. But you can't stop pushing forward towards what you want.
0: Absolutely. At the end of the day, my mind is you You know, you only have that. Every breath that you take, you don't get back. You have to make every breath worth it. And you have to grab every day, you know, moving towards the goals, the dreams, the vision that you have for yourself. Because at the end of the day, your last day, you don't know when that is. And if you did know, you had a, you know, a limiting condition for life and you do have several days left. What are you looking back on? What are you grateful for? If you listen to everybody else or so that you listen to yourself because you are going to fail more times as you're going to succeed until things kick into the right way and all of a sudden you're going to start to fly and fall. But it's all those falls and getting back up, getting back up that are building your conditioning and building your internal uh, emotional strength to get the success that you're destined to achieve. But you have to really, really, really hold on to that within yourself and let you know everybody else that is not for you. The first thing is to disassociate yourself from people that are only with you, not for you. As with you, they're there in times of good and for you. You know, as things are, shit hits the fan, so to speak. You know, they may not be there for you. You have this idea, this vision. They're not going to be. Oh, you're crazy. No, the ones that you need to hold around you are the ones that are going to say, "Listen, anybody can do this. It is you. I believe in you. I trust you. What do you need from me." And that's what you really have to start to, you know, circle yourself with. You know, the five it says it. You know, people say it all the, time, the five people that you surround yourself with—that's going to be, you know, the type of you're going to be. And there's nothing truer. Who you surround yourself with is going to impact your life in the greatest. Way, you know, and I believe in that.
3: That's why you choose your friends, right? You Absolutely,
0: choose, choose your friends. That's your that's you know, family's not always your blood, you know. You got to choose your friends. Choose your family. I mean, you you have circles too, you know. You have circles of friends that are your family, you hold very close. remember there's you know three to five of them, and then you have your you know other connections you may utilize to socialize or to network. Or, they can be great people, they're just not the ones that you know are going to hold you down and lift you up. It's very you know very important also that you can start to separate who those people are in your life because to be successful it isn't just one individual it is a team you need to have those right team members around you to take you to that next level um you need to have the right coaching because just like in training life is about coaching you want to have the right people that are going to help you guide you on your way get to that next level you know everybody needs a little assistance in some way shape or form so you know having a coach that can work with you physically and mentally emotionally spiritually that's a huge asset to somebody
1: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and also like and share this to help us grow. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, to have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million dollar business card to dominate your local area. We're here to help you. Just text your name and your question to 561 561- 962-1231 Write that down That's 561-962-1231 Or you can go to our website at drrosscarter.com That's D-R-R-O-S-S C-A-R-T-E-R dot com to learn more Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter signing off
3: Signing off <laughs>